The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transformed their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And today our guest is Christina Germello. She is the New York Times recognized social media expert. She has helped her clients gain immediate profits through her LinkedIn knowledge, tips, consulting, all of those things that you have questions about. How do I Wade through LinkedIn, how do I get past the basic profile that everybody has? What should I really be doing with LinkedIn to drive business? Well, Christina's here to talk with you about that today, and I know she's going to have lots of good tips, so get your pens, pencils, keyboards ready uh, to take some good notes because I know that you're going to want to refer to them often. Welcome to the show today, Christina. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, and so, you know, I, I said and I think it's pretty common knowledge that there are many businesses out there who are benefiting from LinkedIn, but there's probably just as many business owners who are scratching their heads saying, you know, I've got my profile up there or I have a few connections. I just don't understand why I should put the time into this. I don't, even if I do put the time in, I'm not really sure I know how to do it effectively to make this more than just a, you know, I've got 500 connections. How do I, how do I then take those 500 connections and build business with them? So, so tell us a little bit about some of the businesses that are benefiting, what your clients are doing to benefit, what results they're having, and then how our listeners today can can do some of the same. Sure, sure. I think a lot of small business owners or entrepreneurs are having a hard time with um, LinkedIn only because. You know, it's a matter of trying to figure out your time and schedule. And, you know, if you're a big corporation, you probably have someone that does just do social media. But as a smaller business owner, you might not have access for that. But I have been able to help a lot of small business owners. That's usually my client base. I am stretching out into the corporate um, clients as well. But I'm starting with or I've started with entrepreneurs, and I currently have a individual who is a payment processing company, and he has a small business. That's all they do is payment processing, and we are in the proce- uh, process, again, <laughs> um, of getting him an article placement in Accounts Payable Journal. I reached out to him, uh, reached out to the managing editor of that particular publication on behalf of this client, and if he can publish or get his article together and send it over to this particular gentleman, we will have lots of credibility for him because this is something that his particular audience will be reading and looking to, and then we can make mention of it in his LinkedIn profile Right. And anytime anyone gets any kind of PR, it's always a great thing to make mention of on your website, in your blog, and definitely on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have another client who is a website conversion expert. He is um, helped my website sell founder, Adam Homey. We were able to reduce his sales conversion time from nine months to 39 days. Because wow. His, um, his particular services are a big investment for people. So people uh-huh. drag their feet, um, you know, try to figure out if it's right for them, if it's going to be a long 
um, or if it's going to be worth the investment. So we were able to reduce conversion time, which was awesome for him. He was super psyched about that. And we were also able to increase his subscriber list by 15% um, just by using LinkedIn. He had actually been on Facebook and Twitter, but just basically a little bit on them. But with LinkedIn, I'm going to go over a little later in the call with you guys why it's so much better than Facebook and Twitter and why it's so much more effective. Um, and personally, I get all of my clients just on LinkedIn, um, and I have them from all over the country and even internationally. I'm, I'm venturing out internationally. Yesterday I had a call with a businessman who was interested in my services. He's from Dubai, so we Skyped with him. Mm -hmm. um, this morning I had a phone call from a man who called me from Prague. So it, it, it's getting to be really big and it's growing. And I was able to get media um, by being published on a wide variety of online and offline publications, um, regular ma print magazine. I've been invited to teleseminars and different radio shows because of my LinkedIn marketing efforts. And, in fact, because of my LinkedIn marketing efforts, I was able to connect with you, Kelly, and that's why right. um, you were nice enough to invite me to your show. Right. So LinkedIn is more than just about accumulating connections of people that you know is what I'm hearing. It extend, what, what I think a lot of people probably overlook is the network that you build beyond the 100, 300, 500, 1,000 connections that you have. It's who those people know. And that's where I think sometimes it breaks down for people. They forget about that part. They just think, well, you know, I've got these 500 connections and maybe work within that. Do you see that happening? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think people are just uh, need to go beyond connecting with people that they actually know in person or know professionally or know from another friend. If they actually take the extra step and reach out to people they don't know, but in, in, entice them or in, um, kind of intrigue them into why they should connect with them, what it is the benefit of working together mm -hmm. would be. And I also try to tell people not to connect with anyone and everyone because then you'll just have 5,000 connections and not know how to manage them. Exactly. Um, like you do maybe on Facebook or Twitter. But if you reach out to people that you know are either going to be a prospect for you, a client for you down the line maybe, or they are a particular client that you want to maintain the relationship and continue growing that relationship and just foster it further, um, a referral source, um, mm -hmm. or someone of a member of the media, whether they have um, – a blog that you want to get uh, guest appearance on, um, they're a journalist or they are a radio show host, any kind of member of the media. These are like three or four different people, that, types of people you'd want to connect with. It would make right. your – the focus is a lot easier for you and it would be much more manageable. Um, and if people don't fit into those categories, then you might want to think twice about connecting with them. That way it's easier to manage who your connections are. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then one of the things that I have gotten in the habit of doing uh, beyond beyond reaching out, because there are ways that you can connect to link to people on LinkedIn that you don't know. There are ways that you can do that. Like you said, you can you can make your case for why you should be um, why you should know each other. And uh, I think some of the advice that people got early on was don't accept a connection unless you know somebody, uh, because. Yeah. It, but that, that's gone by the wayside. There, like, as you say, you gave lots of examples for why, even when you don't know somebody, you should still reach out to them. And, and again, it's not just everybody, but if there's a, a good reason, go ahead. And then to, when you reach out to somebody and they do connect with you, then, or you accept an invitation too, to look at who's in their network, to take that extra minute and, once you connect and then go in and see who they're connected to. And, and that, again, builds just continues to build your network. So let's go back. You you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about it a little bit in more in more depth, and that is why LinkedIn? Why do you prefer or why do you make the case for 
working exclusively within LinkedIn and not the other social media platforms? Um, well, basically because it's a professional social media network. Everyone there has the same goal. Everyone is looking to do more business, build business relationships, um, network um, like you used to network in person but online. So you won't have the extra noise that you might have on the other social networking sites. You won't have, uh, you know, grandmas commenting on their grandchildren's pictures, <laughs> teenage friends commenting on this and that. You won't have, you don't have to filter as much or actually pretty much at all on LinkedIn like you would on Facebook and Twitter. And it's the number one site for business professionals looking to do more business. And I actually did a lot of research on why people are using LinkedIn and are, you know, getting such great success with it just so that I could point out to people uh, why they should be on it and why they actually should maybe change their focus. Um, I found a statistic that said more than 80% of LinkedIn members are considered decision makers um, at their company compared to Facebook and Twitter, which is only 25 and 29% um, respectively. So that's about um, three times as many decision makers on LinkedIn. So if you're looking to do more business, and this is where you should focus your attention on. Also, 92% of all journalists are on LinkedIn, which is more than any social network. So if you're looking to get more PR or just build your credibility, which is um, key on LinkedIn uh, to set yourself apart from your competition and differentiate yourself, that's a great resource. You can look up journalists from almost any publication, online or offline. Right. Right. Every, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, 82% of people, I was another statistic that I, this is my favorite, have more confidence in the information that they receive from LinkedIn versus Twitter, which is only 28%, and Facebook at 23%. So you can judge that the information you're getting here, I would say majority of the time, is going to be accurate, is going to be um, uh, going to teach you educational, going to teach you something, and actually benefit you in some way. Right. And do you, do you attribute that particular statistic to the fact that it is a business network and that's why people give it more credibility? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And people um, are definitely more um, attuned or astute to what's going on and they will either kick you out of a group or report you to LinkedIn if you're not um, adhering to their rules. There aren't really too many rules for the other social networking sites. Mm -hmm. So if you're too promotional or you're too pitchy or if you're just there and just flat out selling to people, you will get kicked out of a group. You will get a red flag from LinkedIn. I've had clients that have their accounts locked because they are being um, <laughs> not following the rules. So right. that's another thing. That, that, that helps everybody in, out overall. Right. And, and as you say, uh, they get a red flag, but people don't always understand, well, I'm in business. My purpose is to sell. But there's ways to do that without yeah. uh, getting the attention of the bad attention uh, that comes with the red flag. So let's talk a little bit then about what you have to do with your profile in order to start getting the benefits that your clients are obviously enjoying. What what constitutes a strong LinkedIn profile, and, and how do we get there? Okay, well, first I would suggest that everybody starts with their headline. Um, mm -hmm. My biggest pet peeve with headline that people, headlines that people don't really realize is that they say, you know, my name is Mary Smith and I'm owner of Smith Consulting. Mm. That doesn't so what help should me. they say? Yeah. Uh, well, they should say exactly who it is, mention in your headline who it is you help, who your clients are, who should connect with you, that type of thing. Answer, answer that age-old marketing question, what's in it for me? So why okay. someone would want to connect with you? Because Smith Consulting could be a financial consultant, it could be um, any type of consulting, it, you know, it varies. So it needs to, you need to tell me right away in your headline um, what it is 
that you can do for me, why we should connect, the benefit of knowing each other. Because okay. the headline is, defini- is just like a newspaper headline. And if a newspaper headline's boring, you're not going to read it, you're not going to want to learn more. Right. So, so, in. so, yeah. So, so an electronic version of your elevator pitch, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. So we start with a, a good headline that tells me why I should even be interested in what in you, what you can do for me, and how we can work together. Yeah. And then from there, we want to go to um, positions. A lot of people don't realize that you can have multiple current positions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying multiple um, jobs. What I'm saying is multiple positions in your current. Um, business that you own or wherever it is that you're working because you don't do just one thing as a small business owner. Of course, you wear tons of different hats and you want to showcase everything that you do or can offer a client. So if you have various audiences, you'd want to have various positions and break it down more specifically. This way, it also it does a couple of things by having multiple positions. It helps you rank higher um, for your keywords on Google mm-hmm. and also LinkedIn. But it also appeals to different clients. So if right. you have you know, three different core types of clients, you're going to have the three different positions, and they'll have, the, they'll have targeted copy within each of those positions specifically to them. So they know that they're connecting to the right person um, and that you can teach them whatever it is that you can teach them and that you are um, honed in on their needs because you've addressed them in that particular position. So you're speaking to them. Um, on a more personal level. Absolutely. And often, too, business people, whether you're a business owner, whether you're uh, you know, working for somebody else in, a, in another company, are on boards, committees, exactly. uh, things like that. And, and many of those are prestigious, or they might uh, attract, as you say, somebody's attention just because of the fact that you have that position. It may not be your company, but it's still something that you want to let people know about. So that could go undercurrent. Position two, or is there another place? No, absolutely. That that could go under currents as well, because you never know. Someone might be looking to make a connection with that particular board that you're on, or that particular committee that you're on. Um, They might want to have some kind of in, and if they see that, then they know that they can foster a relationship with you, and maybe you can help them open that door. Mm -hmm. So make mention of everything that you have, benefit-wise. Plus, it also shows that you're, you know, wide variety of of um, things that you can do for people. Right, right. So you, we've talked about the headline. We've talked about the positions. What is the next critical element that we should be looking at? Summary section. Um, this is a section that's under the gray box of your LinkedIn profile. This is where you basically can speak directly to your audience. Um, you want to speak to their needs. You want to address any problems or challenges they might ha- be having. You want to give a key like detail into you, what it is that you offer how you can help, how you can solve their issues, how can you make their life better. Um, You can also put links to different uh, reports or uh, websites or blogs or any e-course that you give, any freebies that you give, you want to put it in there. They won't be hyperlinks, but, you know, people could just click on them and copy and paste them. um, Right. And mention why they should go to those particular sites. So you get people um, looking to your website. Basically, your LinkedIn profile is a stepping stone to your website because the website's going to have everything that they need to know to learn more about you, get more information, contact you, whatever it is they want to do, purchase a product or service. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stronger that you can build this, the more of a reason they're going to go to the website or special report that you have to offer and get on your list, um, get on your subscriber list. Sure. That you know, and, yeah. And one of the things that 
there is a spot in there where you can put your websites where they're hyperlinked. I think it says my yeah. website or something. Mm-hmm. I, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'll you look at some, <laughs> well, when you look at somebody's profile and it still says my website. You might yeah, yeah, think, exactly. Yeah, people don't realize you can you can tweak that to say something. Right. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and make it more descriptive. So uh, make sure you get your websites on there. And then there's a lot of, of, of things that you can put in there. And I know we don't have time to go over every single one today, but there's a lot of things that you can put in there. You can actually upload through SlideShare oh, yeah, uh, some of those different presentations. You can you can link to your blog. I think if it's a WordPress blog, you can link to your blog. Um, but one of the things that I, some, I personally wonder about is the whole uh, section for the recommendations. Uh, what is your advice on that? So, some people that you know are very powerful people have no recommendations on there, and then there are other people that you feel like they just sent out a message to everybody in their network and say, <laughs> you know, please, please recommend me on, yeah, on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, talk to us about that—not just the etiquette there, but the most effective use of that. How, well, I think everyone should have recommendations, and I'm not saying dozens upon dozens. Go after your key, or ask your key. Um, clients that you've worked with or people that you've partnered on different projects with to write you um, a recommendation. But ask them to get as specific as possible because I see people that have, you know, a couple of dozen recommendations and they just say, you know, great to work with, she's very reliable, you know, very generic things. Mm-hmm. But if they can give you, say, you know, Mary helped me achieve X, Y, Z and she was able to do it this way, it, it makes it different. It um, gives people actual benefits results. So that's what you want. The more direct they can get, the better. Um, and everyone, I think, is also scared maybe or doesn't or nervous to toot their own horn or ask someone to toot their own horn for them. But I think everyone should have recommendations from the, you know, the small one-man shop to the guy who's the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Um, right. Everyone does need it. It's definitely credibility. It's a credibility booster just like PR is. Um, because if, you know, no one has to write you a a recommendation. So if they took the time to write it, it's because they actually believe what they're they're saying. So I think everyone should have at least you know a half dozen or so. I mean, you could do a couple of dozen if you want, but uh, you know, bulk it up as much as you can. Yeah. Now there, I've heard some people say that if somebody writes a recommendation for you, it should be reciprocal. That you should uh, that there is an expectation that you will write one for them. Is is that proper etiquette, or is that you know, where, how does that work? Um, it could be reciprocal if they are your clients. Um, you might not have actually had anything to do, you know, to recommend them other than saying that they're yes. a good client. So it, I wouldn't necessarily say that it is 100% reciprocal. Um, okay. It would have to be probably case by case basis. And you don't want sure. to recommend someone that you don't really. Um, I've also had a lot of people asking me for recommendations that I don't know them. So I'm not really <laughs> sure where that comes from. But right. you don't want to, you know, take the time to do that, obviously, either. No, and because and, you want to be authentic, you want to be able. Exactly. If that person actually, somebody actually called you about that or emailed you about some recommendation you put up there, that you can stand behind it. So, uh, another question that I have is, there's the basics, uh, you know, that you're prompted to uh, fill in information on LinkedIn. Are there any? I don't. The right word's not hidden, but are there any? places within your profile that can easily be overlooked or that maybe aren't as obvious to people as they're filling out their profile that you should really take advantage of? Um, I always tell people to take advantage of the applications because it makes, um, so like you were speaking about earlier, like the Mm -hmm. box.net, SlideShare, the WordPress, 
um, Amazon.com if you have an ebook or a book that you can add up there. Only you know, only use your own book. Don't pu- publish, um, promote other people's books because then it'll take your attention away from you, uh, the attention away from you. Um, but applications make it more interactive because I see tons of people that don't use any of them and it's just copy and just words on on you know on the screen. And after a while, it gets a little repetitive, a little boring. If I can click on something that's a little more interactive, like a video. Um, or an audio file or something like that, um, that's where I think a lot of people are not taking full advantage of. And most of these are free and um, easy to to access. So I would definitely look into them, see, you know, they even have specific ones for different fields if you're an attorney, um, if you're an interior designer. So definitely take advantage and just explore the applications and try to add a few. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that is news to some people that they have uh, by industry that there's different yeah. uh, opportunities that you have because of that. Uh, and you can e- actually, I think LinkedIn has a help um, a help guide that that addresses those specific industries and how to how to boost your profile if you're uh, you know like you say an attorney, interior designer, whatever it might be. Something else that we are hearing more about these days is the company page. Yeah, should we be paying more attention to that? What tell us about that? I think you definitely should be paying attention to your company page, but I always suggest that people focus on their individual page first, only because um, this is something that people are going to look at um, first. They, they want to they want to connect with the individual. They don't want to connect with the company because sometimes the company's too big and they don't see um, you know they don't have a personal connection. But if they connect with the president or the owner of the company, then they feel um, a little more attached, a little more personal connection there, and it encourages them. I encourage people to focus on their personal page because this is what other people are going to see when you reach out to connect. Um, when you create a discussion or you comment within groups, they're going to see your page first, and they're going to see there is a face behind this huge company. There is a face behind even a small business um, that, that people want to connect with individuals so they know it's just not a computer, it's not some kind of automated system, there is someone that they can actually have a conversation with if they want to speak to them offline. Right. Well, and you have been through, you know, you've gone through the various parts of the LinkedIn profile, given us some tips on those. There's obviously even more to it. And do you have, I mean, it can it, it can still be very confusing to people. Do you have any templates that people can use to to create their LinkedIn profiles? You, can you refer us to a place that has them? Yeah, great. I, I actually created my own um, because okay. it was so difficult for people. It's actually, you can find it at instantlinkedinmarketingtemplates.com, um, and it gives you 100-plus fill-in-the-blank headline templates because that's something you can always change. It's not set in stone, and I change mine every couple of months just to see what works. I have <laughs> templates for creating positions, for helping boost your summary section, helping you create your own group because there are different steps that go, in, go into creating that. And I also include article, 40-plus article templates where you can, um, it, it can help you create different types of content for your blog, for an article you want to get published because you're going to submit it somewhere, or just mm-hmm. different ideas of what to talk about um, because you need to share content on your um, on your website and within LinkedIn to prove that you are the expert in your field. So if you go to instantlinkedinmarketingtemplates.com, you can learn more about all of these. And they're pretty easy to use, so I would definitely check them out and see all the different um, aspects that are involved in them. Okay, so instantlinkedinmarketingtemplates.com. Be sure to go on out there and check those out. Now, just to step us through the next 
stage briefly. We've got a strong LinkedIn profile now. We've taken good notes today during the radio show. I've gone out and checked out the templates that you just referred to. So I've got this great foundation for my profile. What's next? What what should we be doing uh, to get people to see that great profile, to start connecting? What do we need to do? Sure. I think there's about three key things you need to do. You need to reach out to prospects or referral sources or clients like we, or you know, prospective clients, whatever it, the case may be. Um, reach out to them to connect because if you wait for someone to come connect with you, it's not going to happen. You need to go after them. If you think they're going to fit into any of those categories for you, then give them a reason why you should connect. You know, introduce yourself really quickly and give them a personalized uh, message, not that I want to invite you to my network type message. Yes. Once yes. they connect with you, then you're going to invite them to your LinkedIn group, which you've created, um, and that's the next step would be managing your LinkedIn group. So after you've invited people to the group, you want to add content, create different discussions, ask the group questions um, to see what their challenges are. So if maybe you can either you have a solution or you can create a solution. Um, and also when you have any content that you're sharing, you want to be sure to share it with all the groups that you're a member of. And you can be a, a member up to 50 groups. I know it sounds in, uh, intimidating because it's a large number, but you don't have to be super active in these groups. You just have to share your content and browse them you know, every couple of weeks, every few days, whatever you can do. So that way your message and your content and your information is getting in front of your group, but also in front of all those other groups, especially if you join the, the larger groups that might have a 1,000 plus members, you're potentially getting your information in front of a lot of eyes. So that right. you want to take advantage of as well. Right, and and LinkedIn has now, it used to be very difficult or time-consuming, not difficult necessarily, but time-consuming to share your content out across all the groups that you're a member of, but LinkedIn has now made it very simple oh, uh, yeah. to, now you to do, do that. Two minutes, it's great. Right, yeah, you just hit the share button and it pretty mm-hmm. much populates it for you as soon as you type a couple letters. So it's, it's a very easy thing to do. Now let's talk a little bit about that content. You've referred to content a lot, about the importance of sharing the content. What types of content engages people on LinkedIn? So, you know, what type of content should we be sharing? Um, well, there's a few different categories, and this is also, it helps you in the article templates. If you look at those within the LinkedIn marketing templates, it gives you what types of content. But I would suggest um, if you explain how to solve a particular problem that maybe someone, people in your industry or your clients might be having, how you would help solve it, so like a case study type um, content, Discuss controversial issues that maybe people aren't discussing in your field and create debates cause, because um, people will get more engaged if they agree with you or they don't agree with you, and then they'll share why, and then you can go back and forth and create this little um, rapport of you know why you should can you know follow your advice versus someone else's type of thing or why they should see it your way. I also describe mistakes people are making and how to fix them. So if you see a mistake yes. that people in your industry are making but you see an easy solution, describe that. Um, and some of the most trafficked blog posts that I get from the links and discussions that I create in my group and other groups is where I debate an issue because pe- most of the time people will agree with me, but occasionally you'll get someone who will be like, I flat out don't agree with you, here's why, and then you can go back and forth and you get people involved and you can get even more topic ideas from that debate, right? Um, which is great. So it's it's good to get people engaged because if people are engaged and they're going to list, that means they're listening to what you're saying and they'll they'll actually – um, want to learn more about what it is that you have to offer. So I would suggest having these messages in different formats, like in videos, in articles, in podcasts, etc. Um, yeah, to appeal, yeah, to appeal to the different ways that people exactly. like to get their information. Yeah, yeah, people all have different 
uh, different ways of doing things. Some people can sit in the computer in front of the computer all day, and some people like to listen to their information. Right. So I actually have a page where I have a bunch of retail seminars, um, and I just did another I did a teleseminar on Tuesday with Pat Flynn, who is a podcasting expert, and we discussed how we could mix LinkedIn marketing with podcasting. Ah. Um, and you can go to free LinkedIn training, LinkedInMarketingTraining.com um, to get more information. And it's got the current uh, trainings that I'm doing and past trainings, and the majority of them are free. So it's free LinkedInMarketingTraining.com. And we discuss topics that and how we can incorporate those topics with your LinkedIn um, efforts so that okay. you can have different types of content. So, so we have... Uh Instant LinkedIn marketing templates that's dot com that's one site and then another one is free LinkedIn marketing training dot com so right. make sure that you're going to both of those and then one one um, other thing I notice sometimes is starting to appear more often in our groups or some of the groups I belong to and that is the survey tool uh, it strikes me as you've been talking here that not only can you use the survey to you know generate some interest because people like to click buttons on a survey, but that can also be the basis for some new content that you can post once you close the survey off. You can post the results and maybe pose another question uh, from the results that starts a whole new topic uh, and absolutely. creates more content. So it's it continues to build on itself. Yes, absolutely. And someone might bring something up there because I believe, I'm not sure, I think you might be able to actually put a comment when you vote. Mm. Um, and if someone says something or writes something that's intriguing, you might be able to spur in a content or an article or some kind of topic that you can discuss later. So that, that's always great, too. Yeah. So so all kinds of, of different ways to use LinkedIn beyond what I think a lot of people think, and that is, you know, put up a, a pretty basic profile, ask a few people to be my connection, and then wonder why it doesn't work. There's there's so much more to it. And obviously we can't get to all of it in the phone call, but the two sites that you gave, uh, instantlinkedinmarketingtemplates.com, go out there, freelinkedinmarketingtraining.com, Get up to speed on some ways that you may never thought of using LinkedIn. And then, Christina, if there is um, anybody that wanted to take this conversation further who wants to uh, ask you questions directed specifically to you, how would they get in touch with you? Um, they can go to my website, getlinkedinhelp.com, um, and they can either fill out a um, just a little questionnaire with their name and their contact information, and, and they can get my special reports that we have uh, on there. And some other resources on my that are, my blog is also linked to it. Okay. Or they can just email me directly if they want to skip that step. Okay. It's Christina K R I S T I N A at getlinkedinhealth.com. So either way is good. Excellent. We've had a great time talking with you this morning. Lots of good insights and tips, and we're all going to be better LinkedIn users uh, because of this. Thank you so much for your time, Christina. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.